I mean, the Browns playoff game, I'm surprised the city's still standing. Like, light yeah. a match and throw it in the lake and honestly, and, and light, fire, light fire to Lake Erie if the Browns win. This is the absurd journey of three church planners reintroducing familiar ideas in unfamiliar ways. This is the Bless Up Podcast. Welcome back. This is episode seven of the Bless Up Podcast. I'm Rachel. I'm here with James and Corey. And this week, we want to discuss um, something all three of us have lived through. And that is the painfully beautiful growth process of starting something new. Starting something new. So uh, to open up today... Um, I want you to finish this sentence. Starting something new is fill in the blank. Starting something new is crazy. <laughs> Starting something new is absolutely crazy. I think if you would have asked me 10 years ago, I would have said starting something new is exciting. Yeah. Starting something <laughs> new is invigorating mm -hmm. starting something new is but man like yeah on this side of like starting multiple new things <laughs> starting something new is crazy and why i call it crazy is because i believe like it it just is crazy like i think it's neither like good nor bad but it's crazy and i think you have to be a little bit yeah you got to be a little bit off to like start something new you got to be able to say you know what whether good or bad consequences come of this, I have so much deep faith in whatever I'm starting that, man, no matter what happens, I'm in for it. Mm -hmm. And the reality of that is, like, that doesn't quite make sense. That's that's absurd. There we go. Yeah. Like, that, it doesn't quite make sense. Because what you're saying is, like, I'm going to put an equal amount of effort, an equal amount of sweat equity, an equal amount of emotional energy into this thing whether it succeeds or whether it flops, the same amount of all of that I'm throwing on the table, whether it like blows up or whether it like erupts. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. mm -hmm. And both have happened. <laughs> both, both have happened. That's a, that's a whole separate podcast for when we're feeling really sad. <laughs> like, oh, remember this, that lasted a day. Um, so it's just it's just finish the sentence, right? I don't have it, to like pick one word. I can I can I can complete the thought you, with multiple words. You do you. Good. I would say starting something new is sometimes necessary. Uh but the emphasis that I would place in that sentence is on sometimes. Mm. I think I think what we automatically jump to, what 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 a lot of us tend to have um uh, what we what we want to jump straight to is the word necessary. Starting something new is necessary, right? Um, and I think that in at least in my experience, I've found that when we when we just jump straight to necessary, and we don't start with the sometimes. I'll get to that in a second. But like when we when we just jump straight to like this is necessary, more times than not, that thought comes out of unhealth. That thought comes out of anger. 
that thought comes out of being hurt. It comes out of like something like I didn't get my way or I was harmed or I was hurt or this is wrong. And it's more about what something else is or isn't rather than what God is asking me to do. Does that make sense? Yeah. So I think the reason I put the word sometimes and we need to start and put the emphasis on sometimes is it's a qualifying word that pause that causes you to pause and ask, is God in it? Is this necessary because you're hurt? Is this necessary because of something that happened to you? Um, is this something that is necessary because you feel like you want to do it? Um, or is this a condition or is this a situation where it's necessary because that's the move of God, because that's what the spirit is stirring, because that's what God has asked you to do. And I, and for me, just personally, like as a pioneer, like as somebody who is like future oriented and new ideas and new, you know, innovations and stuff like, like as a, you know, a champion of innovation, um, that's a way that I have to check myself is, is God in it? Or am I dreaming of this because it's three o'clock and I just have no work energy left and now I'm just daydreaming, you know what I mean? Like, or something else, like, like sometimes necessary. Yeah, man, we will have lost two epics because of COVID. But, yeah. But which epic are we on now? Uh, so when we come back, it'll be eight. We would have technically lost eight and nine. This would have, you know, next year would be 10. But oh my gosh. Yeah. So it would have been like a decade of yeah, doing a epic. decade of epics. Yeah. Like an epic I, decade. When I think <laughs> an epic decade. I'm so sorry. I'm not even a dad. I can't even call that a dad joke. It's, it's, okay. it's, a, it's a parent joke. You know what I'm saying? We're being, you know what I'm saying? We're being inclusive. It's a parent joke. Amen. Praise God. Moms can make bad jokes too. Indeed. <laughs> Amen. Indeed. Dads can make quesadillas no matter what Jada thinks. <laughs> <laughs> nah, but like, I think one of the purest examples of what you're talking about is when I think about like how we started Epic. Mm -hmm. Like for me, there was like, I think back to that as a positive starting something experience. One, because I feel because like- Because Epic One was positive. Epic One was dope. Epic Two was not a positive And we're not gonna talk about Epic Two. <laughs> Sorry, keep going, keep going. 2020 was the year of Epic Two, goodness. <laughs> a year long celebration of Epic Two. That's what 2020 was. <laughs> Uh, no, nah, but Epic is a it's a youth retreat that we started uh, in 2012. Yeah, 13. 13. Yep. So 13. Yeah, it was 2013 that we mm -hmm. started Epic. Yeah, the beginning of 2013. Yep. And we uh we started it, and what sticks out to me is that it was I like I'm saying we I'm saying plural. Like first off, there was nothing there was nothing for us to go to like it. Mm -hmm. And like, we looked for stuff. <clears throat> yeah. And that was the thing. We looked for stuff. We looked for somewhere that we could take our kids who were from different cultural backgrounds, different socioeconomic backgrounds, different racial backgrounds. We looked for places that we could find like a more multi-ethnic worship environment for our kids so that our kids from different places could all worship together. We looked for that stuff and we couldn't find it. And I think it was important, like the day that it started, we were sitting in Brummie's office and I feel like God spoke to us. Mm -hmm. So something started and was birthed out of God, not only speaking to one person, 
but God speaking to multiple people. Yeah, because I good. I like to function <clears throat> from a space where God speaks to us. Yeah, because there are times when God's like only speaking to me. But for me, like man, we're two or three witnesses. Like let it be confirmed. Like so, for me, the fact that God was speaking to us and the fact that we looked for something else that was similar and we couldn't find it. I think that for me was like, okay, like, let's get going. Like, let's get rolling. Yep. And even in the launching of it, there was a shared, there was a shared vision. There was a shared effort. There was a shared leadership. It wasn't just like out of the imagination of one person. Like it was out of the imagination of like multiple people. Yep. Yeah. That really was, it was, it was such a unique situation. Um, it wasn't something that, you know, it wasn't like we were sitting around and it's like, it's like, what is marketable? <laughs> there wasn't a ton about Epic that was marketable. Um, it was one word. It was one word, which, in, and we learned when we learned in past episodes that that's trendy and cool. Um, yeah, it was, it was, it was a unique, it was a unique situation. And I think that, um, you know, for us, it was, it was necessary because we had a collectively between all of us, you know, youth pastors that were in it, we had a wide range, a diverse um, representation of students. And there was no place where all of us could exist together, hear an equally relevant message, and also learn to come together in the one place that we can all unite under, which is the banner of the family of Jesus Christ. There was no, there was nothing, we didn't feel as if there was anything that, that, that existed quite like that. Um, and that kind of, that kind of brings me to the other half of that thought, which is, you know, when we start with like sometimes and qualifying it by asking like, is God in it? Then when we moved to necessary, it's not like, ugh, we, we, we have to do this because, you know, negative, negative, negative. It becomes like, this is something that God is doing and not starting it, um, it would be easier and not starting it would be copping out actually. So like you see how it like changes, it changes the connotation completely when you realize like God is in something as opposed to like, Oh, we just got to do something different than what we have before. You know what I'm saying? You kind of touched on something um, that is, I don't know, oxymoronic a little bit. Like, so you talk about, um, you talk about that not starting it would have been easier and going to something that already exists would have been easier. Yeah. Um, but there's a flip side of that. Sometimes, sometimes, um, like starting it is easier. Sometimes starting something is easier than doing the hard work of staying. Mm. Like sometimes staying and, and fighting through grievances and fighting through differences and going through the pruning and personal growth process of being under someone else's leadership, sometimes that is the harder thing. But God is calling you to stay planted and and do the hard work of creating roots as opposed to just bailing. So it's not always it's not always that leaving <clears throat> is uh, the harder thing to do. Yeah. Sometimes actually staying put and putting in the work yeah. is the harder thing to do. So so let me ask this: How do you discern the move? <laughs> 
how do you discern what the move is? How do you discern if you're supposed to stay and put in the hard work? Or how do you discern if you're supposed to go and start something new and put in possibly that hard work or take the easier route? Because sometimes sometimes the reason it feels easier is because you've walked into your calling. The work is not actually easier. <clears throat> it's that, you know, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, so how do you discern? How do you discern staying versus starting? Yeah, I think first... I mean, I'm echoing something I said earlier, but I just think it's so important. And, like, it's just a shift that, like, in my life I've seen so much fruit from. I think, like, there's a big difference between I discern and we discern. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like, I think I discern and we discern are so much different. Like, I would rather lean into, like, making decisions as us versus making decisions as I. Yeah. Because I think, like, that's more God's model than, like— me like wanting to start something and something being so birthed out of my imagination. So I think like first is we, and I think like the first layer and level of that is that in the Bible, people are sent Mm -hmm. like the Missio Dei is like a theological thread of scripture. Like the father sends the son, the son sends the Holy spirit, the Holy spirit sends the church, the apostles, the leader of the church are going to gather in like acts 13 and 15 in councils And before even Paul, who's seen the risen Christ, is released to go out and to fulfill the mission that he has to go take the gospel to the Gentiles, first off, like, Barnabas is with him, and he's always with other people. And second off, like, it was, like, those church leaders who, like, blessed him and ordained him to go out and do that work. And I think, like, a danger, like— a danger that I see so prevalently happening right now is like cats just wanting to start stuff yeah. without the place that they're currently existing, blessing it. Even if they see like deep Whoa. discrepancies in that place, or even if they're like, you know, they're not doing it right and I could do it better. But man, just the idea of like going off like on your own and freewheeling without anyone blessing it. Because the reality is like you can't lead if you haven't been led. Mm-hmm. Like, you're not going to be able to, like, lead people healthily if you haven't been able to submit under godly authority and godly leadership. So, like, I think step one is, like, are there people in your life now who you view as spiritual leaders blessing, sending, and affirming, like, the work that you seek to do for God's kingdom? And I think that goes for, like, not only, like, church planning, but, like, starting not-for-profits, starting mm-hmm. Mercy and Justice Ministries. Like, I think it's— New businesses. New, come on, bro. Like, yeah. are the people around you blessing it? Man. I think—I <clears throat> I mean, I get that question all the time. Having, you know, with us all having, uh, having started churches, um, as well as other things, conferences, retreats, things like that. Um, I get that question all the time is, like— why did you go and start new stuff as opposed to staying and, you know, maybe helping turn or uh, enhancing or whatever, you know, what, what already existed. And that's a, and that's a tough tension. I think that question comes from a couple places. I think it comes, you know, partially from, from the place of like people's fear of starting new stuff. Um, Man, let me just say like, if you, if, if, if you have a burning passion, this is for free. If you have a burning passion um, to start something new or see something innovated in in a new way, um, I believe that those that those yearnings do 
come from God and that that's probably something the Lord is stirring in you. Uh, and I would just affirm that, like, I would rebuke your fear in Jesus' name, and I would affirm that, like, that's probably a stirring from the Lord. Um, but to, you know, to your point, it's got to be, he's not going to stir something that he didn't affirm first in Jesus and then also in spiritual community. So that's that, that's for free. I think the other place that, um, you know, that, that that question comes from is out of a, you know, a spirit of, like, not not understanding or or you know sadness and and leaving we can't all stay together or even competition or whatever it's been it's been weird i mean so before before we planted third street um i was an influential part of two churches prior to third street and a super minor part in like a ton of other ministries right um it's actually funny as you were talking i was like re retracing each of our steps and like all the places that that we served in some in some minor capacity it's dude it's ridiculous it's a lot bro um but you know at some point the time came to leave to leave each of those things and for me every time i didn't have this way of being able to articulate it back then so I'll, so i'll save it but like for me it was more like it was just what god was doing you know, I didn't actually set out to start a church. Uh, we've we've said that on on here before, and and honestly, if if I would have had my way perfectly, I would have never left the first community that we were a part of. I would have never gone to the second, and I certain certainly wouldn't have started the the third. Like I would have never left the first. Uh, I would have, you know, in my will would have, everybody would have remained together perfectly and harmoniously. Right. But that's just not, that's not the way real stuff goes. And, um, and so it was more out of a response to like what God was doing rather than something that I was trying to do. Mm -hmm. I would say that first and foremost, the way that I've come to be able to articulate it now is, you know, when it comes to starting something new and discerning, like when it's time to stay, when it's time to go, when it's time to start, when it's time to, you know, enhance, um, for me, starting something new every time it happened always had more to do with what God was asking us to become, who God was asking us to become, and less about who the people we were leaving were not mm-hmm. or who the people we were leaving were. Unpack mm-hmm. that, bro. Yeah. Okay, so you touch on something that I think is super important in what you just said. Um you said something along the lines of um, starting something new became less about the people you were leaving and we need to leave because they are this mm-hmm. and more about calling and what it is that God is saying to you and what it is that he's calling you into, not what he's calling you out of. Um, un- unpack that a little bit because that that's a heavy, that's a heavy statement. And I, and I know like, I don't know how many church splits I've seen in my life, not from the churches I came came from, but like the, you know, just what I've seen in culture, it becomes this huge divide. I mean, the church we're sitting in right now, the oldest church in the city of Canton, literally there's a church right next door because in their church history, mm-hmm. they experienced a split because there was disagreements over what language to do service in. 
Um, and so, so unpack that a little bit, yeah. that, that idea that it's not about the people that you're trying to leave. Well, and both of you, I mean, I would invite both of you to have comments on this as well. Cause you, you guys were a with me, but then B have also done this in your own right. I think, you know, I would, I would start by making the observation that, um, I've seen a lot of people, uh, do things out of the spirit of, or leave things out of the spirit of who, the other people are or aren't. And, you know, I haven't been in this incredibly long, but I've been in it just long enough to see that the people in the beginning who based stuff off of who other people were or weren't um, and based off of the hurt um, that they were coming out of, those things are no longer around. Those things have since fizzled out. Um, but the things that have been long lasting are the things that and like I hope I hope we're long lasting. Um, the things that have been long lasting have been started out of who God was asking that person to become. Um, you know, for me, God God had His hand in the places uh, where I had landed previous to Third Street the whole way. It's super evident, um, but but was was clearly putting people and experiences around me um, to to shape and mold what it is that he wanted me to do uh, more so down the road. And what what it kind of came to for me was there were elements of those places that I existed that were frustrating for sure. There were people and perspectives in those places that were frustrating for sure. Um, but but until I could come to a point of realizing that it was frustrating, not because of, not because like they're bad people or because, you know, they're doing it wrong. It was frustrating because God did not create me to function in the way that they needed me to function. And he did not create me uh, to lead or minister in the way that was fitting to that environment or that culture. Does that make sense? Like God was, God was doing something um, else. And I think that I think in, in me, and I think that, that so many times we, we think that, um, you know, when, when scripture talks about, the church being many members, um, but one body, is we think that that has to all be in one building. But that's not the way the body of Christ works. We are still many members. We are still one body. But God is asking me to, to, to do this over here and to do it in this way. And while I, you know, respect... Um, the 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 culture that god has allowed you to build that's not where he has for me to function and that's not way that's not the way that he's that he's gifted me uh to fit and there's a big difference between leaving a place because you're mad at the way stuff goes down or you firmly believe that they are wrong versus you firmly believe that God has given you holy discontent and is asking you to become something. It had more to do with my growth and and what God wanted to do through his spirit in me than it did angrily, you know, rebuking or refuting anybody around me. Yeah, I think, yeah. Along with what you're saying, man, I think it's it's been big for me. 
And I know in myself, like in myself and what I've seen from like others, like in like being a part of starting a church and then like, yeah, being a pastor of like a church plant. Like what I've seen is like when people leave a church out of frustration or they leave an organization out of frustration and they try to start another one, what they're doing is they're leaving a person and a place and they're failing to follow like the person to the place because Jesus is Mm. the person. And when Jesus is the person who's leading us to the place where he desires us to be, when you're following that, then you, yeah, it's what keeps you up at night and it's what wakes you up excited in the morning. And it's what causes you to keep going at the end of long, hard and treacherous days and long and hard and treacherous seasons. When you just leave out of frustration, man, you're just like leaving a person in a place. And the reality is, you haven't changed and the philosophy hasn't changed. Mm-hmm. So when you get to that new thing that you're starting, yeah, you can't you can't go into the boxing ring and be ready to box if you've only trained for hockey. Like that doesn't <laughs> work. So a lot of people like I think start new things or go be a part of new things when they've like trained to do hockey and like it's like, nah, like you're gonna get knocked out if you try to box and you didn't train for hockey. Mm-hmm. And I think, like, it's important to, like, leave well. It's important to, like, leave in healthy and good spaces and places. Or else you're just, yeah. Yeah, I think you're just uh, setting up for failure. You guys know that one of my absolute favorite, favorite things is the nameless women in Scripture. Mm-hmm. I love the nameless women. Um, so as you're, as you're talking, it just makes me think of the bleeding woman. The bleeding woman. So she is this woman who was uh, living in this tent forever. She had been in there, um, in there for years, for years, and she was cast out from society because of a condition. She was told she was cursed. She was told she was so many things. Um, and then one day, she leaves the tent. She steps out of the tent and she goes for Jesus. And she reaches for his robe in a crowd. And when he says, who touched my robe? The disciples tell him he's crazy for like, what do you mean who touched What do you mean who touched your robe, Jesus? You're surrounded in people. What do you mean who touched your robe? But he knew. He knew that someone had acted in faith and he sought her. What's her name? What's her name? Barbara. <laughs> we don't know. We have no idea what her name is because... Because her faith is what made her well. Because she reached, she reached for Jesus, and the movement wasn't about her. Mm. When Jesus turned and looked at her, yep. he didn't say your frustrations made you well. He didn't say your anger made you well. He said your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Yep. And what didn't happen after that was she didn't turn around and look yep. at the disciples and be like, "Who touched his robe? I did. Here's my name. Write it down, and this is how you spell it." Mm-hmm. She didn't do that because it wasn't about her. That yeah. move was not about her. It was about her stepping out of where she was, not because of the people around her, but because God had something more for her. Mm-hmm. She went forward and a miracle occurred and people witnessed it. And, and you, I have to believe that when that happened and she went back to where she was and she said, I'm healed. And they said, how? And she said, Jesus, I have to believe a move happened. I have to believe that people then said, well, who's Jesus? And she said, let me tell you. I have to believe that that's yeah. what happened. 
And none of that was about her. It wasn't about her frustrations. It wasn't about her her anger. It wasn't about her bitterness. It wasn't about anyone except yeah. who God was calling her into. It's funny that you bring up that story because that there's a story. So so that happens on the way to Jairus's house. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they're on the way to Jairus' house because his daughter is sick. And when Jesus gets to Jairus' house, he, you know, that basically is met with with sadness, mourning, people upset, and say to Jesus, like, I mean, you might as well leave because she's already dead. You didn't get here in time. Mm-hmm. Um, and Jesus says, man, she's not dead. She's, she's, just, sleeping. she's just sleeping. And they laugh. And then this is what Jesus does. And I love this. And I'm going somewhere with this. This is what Jesus does. He says, okay, get out. <laughs> get out. Get out of the room. You don't, have, you don't have faith? Like, you don't believe me? You don't believe my words? You don't believe what, what the Lord is stirring in me or, or what, I'm, what I'm about to do? Go ahead, get out. Get out. He kicks them all out, except for, except for three, three of his disciples, one of which being Peter and the little girl's parents. And then he says, Talitha Kum, little girl, get up. And she gets up and they come out and they present to her, they, they present her to the, to the, to the family, to the friends, to the, to the neighborhood alive. And they get her a snack. And they go nuts, right? They, they go food. nuts. Mm-hmm. Now, now turn, turn just, you know, a couple books from that, a book from that, um, and Acts. Acts, Peter finds himself in a nearly identical situation. Remember, Peter's one of the ones who's allowed to be in there with Jesus. Peter finds himself in a nearly identical situation where somebody comes to him, hey, I've heard about you. Jesus is gone. He's ascended into heaven now. Peter is is leading the ministry of the church. They said, I've heard about you. Come heal this little girl. And what Peter didn't do was Peter didn't say, man, Jesus Jesus didn't do this part right. Or Jesus didn't Jesus Jesus did it this way, but I'm gonna do it this way because because you know what Jesus did was cool, but that was cool for that culture. You know, strategies that was cool. and models. That and- was cool for that section of the town. This is not that section of town. This is a different section of town. Jesus wasn't in this section of town. If Jesus would have been in the section of town, he'd have done some things differently. So I'm gonna do some things differently. Peter didn't do that. Because what he saw when he was with Jesus worked. <laughs> And so he's like, now I find myself, now I see that the Lord let me be one of the few in the room, even though he kicked everyone else out. He let me be one of the few in the room, possibly for this moment right here. And in this moment right here, now people are looking at me and Peter goes in and what's he do? He kicks everyone in the room out. Mm -hmm. He also says, and all this stuff that you guys got set up because, you know, as a memorial to her because she's dead, y'all can take that with her because in a couple seconds, she ain't going to be dead no more. Take that, take that with you. He kicks everyone out. And then he says, in Jesus' name, little girl, get up. And she gets up. Peter's ministry in that instance mirrored the ministry of Jesus. Because Peter learned from the experiences that he gained by following Jesus. Sometimes, sometimes we are taken through things or we are a part of things because Jesus is giving us, the Lord is giving us an experience to prepare us 
for later. And when something new, when new life comes out of us living out of those learned experiences, that is godly. That is God-breathed. That is God starting something new through you. But when it comes out of, I seen it done this way, so and I'm going to change things up because I didn't like the way it goes, I have to believe if Peter had changed it up, it probably wasn't working. Because at that point, it had become more about his ministry, separate from Jesus's mm-hmm. ministry, than it did about what the Lord was doing in and through him. And you know what, bro? That's so profound. The reality is like when we feel like just that holy discontent and when we feel like that that God dream like birthed mm-hmm. in our heart, God's not actually calling us to do something new to us. God's calling something, calling us to do something that's like new to everybody else. But it's probably something that we've already been doing. Man, we've already seen it. That we've already seen it. That we've already been doing. That Man, all, that's it. That we've already like. How, how true is that for Third Street and Citizens Akron? Third yeah. Street and Citizens Akron was a was a God dream. It was it may have been new to everybody else. It may have been the first time in 2016 when they launched. It may have been the first time that a lot of people were a part of a multiracial congregation. But where had you and I and Rachel been a part of a multiracial congregation before? Uh, 2013 at, when we started Epic. We started Epic and in the Milford Living Room. That's why the Milford Living Room, not the Martin Center. Like yep. it just yeah, it's it's something yeah, it's something that forms into who you are. And like, yeah, that new thing is birthed out of the out of the garden of like, yeah, what God is doing in us. Mm-hmm.